Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. It's episode 100. 100 episodes in, I can't believe it. You know, if, if you told me that I would get to 100 when I started this, you know, we started literally, I remember the first episode I ever recorded. It was in my bedroom with nothing. I had, you know, literally nothing. I had just a computer and my friends and that was literally it. And he went, we're now here 100 episodes in. I've got like, you know, one of the biggest up and coming artists, in my opinion, uh, literally in hip hop right now, the one and only the Russell. I used to think it was LA Russell because, you know, that's what happens when you're Australian. You just read words and you're like, but then it's obviously <laughs> La Russell. Uh, if you haven't seen him, I think you've been living literally under a rock. Um, but man, you've had an amazing 2021, already an amazing 2022. And I appreciate you, you coming on the show. It's a pretty amazing uh, 100th episode as far as I'm concerned. Man, incredible. You've done a hundred. That's a lot of shots, man. That's a lot of shots. You you've gotten so into it that you got foam on your walls. <laughs> yeah, That's literally. Beautiful. Sorry. Well, I remember when I was setting this up, I think my family was like, I don't think he'll do it. And now I've done it and I was buying the foam. I put it all up myself. I've got like the whole couch, the setup. So yeah, well, the hundredth hasn't finished yet, so you know it's all on you. You got to make sure that hundredth finishes as well. Yeah. Wow! This, yeah. Look at the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how are you doing? Because like, I feel like you know your past twelve months have kind of been whirlwind. Like, there's it feels like a meteoric rise for you. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I've been doing horrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's been a it's been an interesting journey, man. Life is lifing. It really is, and you know, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of crazy because I look at you and I'm like, damn, it's just all you need is a moment. There's just this moment where like everyone's like, oh shit, and you've been doing this for a long time. Like this isn't your first radio. It's not like you started rapping last year and then it just happened. Like you've been doing this for a long time, and then all of the, all the skills that you built, everything that you've been working on, it just came to that apex of like. Now everyone's like, oh, everyone wants a piece of me. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's it's crazy. It's a um very surreal thing to feel. You know, like it's it's one of those things that um <laughs> you can only know through experience. Like you can never prepare for it and you can never know until you experience it and, and all it is. It's a very uh I feel like this is one of the most pivotal moments in my life so far. It's a very grand time. Yeah. And literally everyone's talking about you. Like, that's the weird part to me. It's like, you, you don't like, how do you find it? You're in Australia. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm into this, right? So I keep my ear to the ground. Hopefully there's, I'm sure there's so many people that I miss because like there's so many artists in the world, but like literally you're, there's just, there's just this vibe around you. And when I listen to your music, it's like, there's something different to what you see ordinarily. And what I mean is like, it feels to me in a weird way and there's no beat you can't hit. 
that's the most interesting thing to me is like you do so <laughs> many different beats and I'm like, I don't think that many artists could do it. You do these acoustics, you do these pianos, you don't have heavy drums on every beat. Like you do so many interesting things and I'm like, well, the skill set is clearly there. <laughs> Man, that it's funny. I was just having a conversation today. Um, and we were talking about Drake and why he's like the greatest, you know, it's like, bro, when we, when we think of greats, like to me, Drake is as great as Michael Jackson when it comes to like making music, you know? And, um, yeah, Yaya was like, man, bro, the only person I think is close to Drake is you. And I was like, man, <laughs> what a moment. You feel me? Cause it's like you, um, as you're navigating this shit as a career, like you never think, <laughs> that you'll be mentioned with like the greats or whatever. You kind of just do it hobbyish for a long time. And then when you get to that point, like, you know, I'm sure John Morant feels like crazy to be mentioned with the curries and shit like that. You know, it, it's wow. <laughs> I say it's weird because to me, Drake is almost bigger than his music in a weird way. Like, right. Like he, it's, it's so strange because like he is, an amazing artist and he does it all. Like you said, he can literally, he makes catchy songs. He makes pop songs. He makes, he has bars. He literally has it all. But like, I still don't think that he does the breadth of like just the raw instrumentals that you do. Like right. he has, he has some really cool shit that he does, but like your stuff is like super raw. There's something about it that like, and even talking to you, I can already tell like you're just who you are. Like you didn't know, like, it's almost like you don't have a persona and I know everyone has a persona in a way and there's like a brand to it all, but like, just, there's just something about the raw nature of like, here's a really simple beat. Here's just the base level. You don't need these drops. You don't need this like banger. You don't need it to build. It's just like a really nice, simple beat. And you let the lyrics and your delivery take over and i think that's the most impressive part is like you don't rely on the beat to make a good track you actually go like okay let me use this and figure out how to make it the best i can do <laughs> beautiful man i um that's how like like I, i've noticed with music i like uh everything really stripped down now like a lot of my newer stuff is um very simple like just piano or light guitar light drums and it's like i, I feel like I'm at that space in life where, you know, I'm kind of really trying to strip everything the fuck down and it just kind of correlates into the music, which is crazy. Like every, everything is like interconnected, you know? <laughs> when I listened to it for what it's worth, it like took me back. Like it, it surprised me because I'm not used to listening to it. You know, I grew up on like East coast beats. I love heavy drums. Like I love all those traditional hip hop things, but then like having a new sound and, Something I also noticed was like you use the same producer for the full album, which I love because it makes it coherent. Like I think a lot of people get stuck in picking oh, this beat from this person, this beat from this person, but there's right. no transition in between the albums and you can definitely notice a path in yours. But like at first it took me back and I was like, I'm going to have to kind of refocus on what I think I love and what I think hip hop is and give this a chance. Normally, if I like five years ago, I would have been like, fuck that. Like, no way. <laughs> so like, it's, it's like also a journey for me as a fan to be like, 
it's my job to also see if I can come on the journey with you as opposed to just like, you know, just stick to what I know. Right. We, uh, as fans, we often really, um, I mean, I don't know if we do it, but we, we play a role in hindering the growth of artists, you know, cause we don't like, a lot of us don't like new sounds from artists. Like there's only so many artists that I listen to that they try something new and I love it. You know, it's a, it's, it's tough terrain to navigate. So it's really dope that you, you and like all the other fans are so open to listening to hip hop, but with just the piano, like every, you know, hip hop was like the breaks and the beats and the flow. So it's like when you remove all those elements and they still, I don't even know if it would be hip hop, you know, at, at that point. I don't know. I think, I think that's a good question. I still think it is though, because the elements are still there. Like maybe you're not using a sample. Maybe you you don't have scratches in there, which all shit I love. Like DJ Premier is probably right. my favorite producer of all time. And he does all of that. But like, I think the, the raw nature of like, you know, having lyricism, having a message, having like, you're talking about your life and what you see is still hip hop. And just right. because it's delivered with a, different sound doesn't mean it's not and literally i i fall in the same trap like royce to five nine is one of my favorite artists of all time and he has moved away from what i originally loved about him and it's hard mm. for me because i'm like i loved you at the beginning when you did rocks rock city and i just love that shit and then i loved bad meets evil hell the sequel and then his flow changed and i'm like it's hard because i've been watching you for years and i know and but then if you did the same shit that I heard on the other albums, I'm like, you're not developing. I think we're difficult to please, honestly. That's that's my takeaway. Fans are very difficult to please. Man, I and I'm so uh, appreciative. I feel like I have incredible fans. Like, um, bro, I'll be putting out a bunch of different type of sounding shit. And, um, you know, everyone doesn't love it, but some people do. But I feel like the base, like the core of my fans is like really open and accepted to the shit I drop. Like I'll drop some crazy R&B, R&B shit, no raps at all, you know, and it's still getting like that love. Well, why do you think it is? Why do you think your fans are on the journey with you? Hmm. <laughs> I think uh, they, they may be like in the same phases of life. I feel like when you, um, with rappers, when we listen to rappers or any artists, when they're able to depict the life that we currently live, you just connect differently you know like scissors control album i feel like is a great representation of this like you feel instantly connected like wow you you one of us you feel me so it, it feels it feels more like a homie than like a uh artist fan type relationship it's like man i'm just checking in and seeing what this nigga doing you feel me <laughs> i mean i don't necessarily say those words but yeah i feel you um but like <laughs> but you know it's because I don't know, I, do you feel like, and I think part of it is honestly good company. I think, you know, when I look at you and I look at the brand and I look at, you know, what you're doing, it's very different from a lot of artists and the things that you're focusing on are different from a lot of artists. So I think people appreciate that a lot is like you're not falling into a traditional mold of what a rapper is. Like you're just sticking to yourself and doing what you like. Like you're smiley, you laugh a lot, you're happy. And I think there's this sometimes this 
this rapper mentality where it's like, I got to have a mean look on my face. I got to be like, <laughs> Make it be screwed up. Yeah, no, it is. It's so interesting too. Cause um, it's not just a, man, it's so much deeper than a persona, you know, like, like people aren't acting that way. Like they really, they're embodying it. Like they're really trying to be something, you know, like that shit is a, it's very interesting. And uh, hip hop has kind of bred that energy though throughout, like it's always kind of been associated with, like we don't associate the the rock or the pop stars with like the mug and the meme, you know, but you got to think like, bro, back when we had magazines and shit, like niggas was on the covers with dogs, like, you know, like, man, interesting. <laughs> well, I love that music. That's the thing. Like, is I love it. Greatest shit ever. <laughs> Gangster rap. It changed my world. I love gangster rap. It is so far from my reality, but there is something about just the the imagery and for it, like putting yourself in that position, the braggadocious nature of it. They're telling you how many ways they bet they're better than every other rapper and how many ways they can murder you or rob you, whatever it is. But there's something super impressive and attractive about Bro. it that I've always loved. It's so crazy because they call it gangster rap. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know what's funny as fuck about that? It's like there's there's no black person in the world who says gangster rap, you know? Like it's an interesting thing that has be uh been made of it. Like it's um it's some crazy shit, <laughs> right? But we associate it with a specific thing and we love it. Like when you, when I hear gangster rap, like who do you think of first when you hear gangster rap? Uh, straight away, I think big pun. Like I think, Ow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love big pun. Um, but then I think like, you know, I think of uh, Ice Cube. I think of like <laughs> Mob Deep, like, I, like this grimy, gritty shit. Right. That's what I think of is like, but it, like, I don't know. It, to me, it's just like they're talking about the world, their world, the world and what they grew life. up with. Right. Their life, which is, which is fucking nuts. You feel me? And man, bro, it's uh... a, <laughs> hearing you say gangster rap was, was like, wow, they call it gangster rap. Like, I know that shit, but it's like, that's some wild shit. <laughs> you know why? It's because it's like the easiest way to describe it. That's like, because when I talk to people and they're like, what type of hip hop do you like? And I'm like, I like the gangster shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, I don't know. There's just something about it. But what people miss to me is like, okay, that shit is like the entertaining stuff, but there's a deeper level to it all. There's, there's this hidden meaning behind everything that they're talking about. There's this technical element to everything that they do there are these syllables there are these rhyme schemes there are these kind of paragraphs that they put together and it's like unless you really listen to it with open ears you're gonna miss it all i still miss shit you miss it all and it's and it's so um you miss it all because we're so disconnected like <laughs> we don't understand like when 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 he says certain shit it's like no this is his real life you know like i love um I love many men by 50 cent, right? You know, <laughs> you know how much like um what state you have to be in to make many men and live in, you feel me? Like as consumers, we just 
we don't, we don't, we miss everything. It's like, nah, bro, there's some crazy shit going on. <laughs> hate, hate is hate. unreal. Oh I actually think arguably it. hate is better than many men. Like Jack in a box. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. I love heat. Man, and we love these songs. Yeah, I mean, as I was about to say to you, you know, before we started the podcast is like, you asked me, you know, how did I get into hip hop? And it was Get Rich or Die Trying. That's what wow. it was for me. It was, I was, it was 2003. Um, and, you know, my family didn't listen to hip hop. They're, my parents were born in Russia. And so they, it's not like they were like, hey, check this shit out. That never happened. So we, I was at a family friend's house and their dad went to America for business. And he brought the album back as like, look at what they're listening to. What a joke. And it's 50 <laughs> Stand on the cover. You know, it, it was so far outside of the realm of anything they could comprehend. And so they put it on and it like broke my brain. Wow. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't know why I love it, but the sound encapsulated me. It just had, I used to fall asleep to that album. So wow. like. It, that's what it was. And then after that, it was like, obviously you find people like Eminem and then it was like, you know, that, that top surface layer. And then I became so, friends. So after, after you got get rich, die trying, right. What was your next move? Like, where did you, what, what happened? <laughs> well, I was nine years old. So I was like, I got to find this album and I got to listen to it over and over again. And my parents kept going like, what are you doing? It has to be a phase. They've been saying hip hop is a phase to me since I was nine years old and they've been saying it since ever since. And I'm 28 right. Right now. They, they know it's not a phase anymore because like, you know, because of what I do, but they were saying it well into my early twenties. Like you can't listen to this forever. I'm like, I can, and I will. And you with man, bro. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I made friends with a couple of people that love hip hop as well. And they were a couple of years older and he started going, if you like this, go check out this. So he started pointing me in the direction of different artists um, and like who to check out. Um, and I always gravitated towards East Coast sounds. There's something about the, the, the boom bap of it all. There's something about the feeling that really hit me in the right way. So yeah, it's been like a, it's a weird journey, honestly, when I look back, cause I always say, you know, I didn't grow up in that environment, but for whatever reason, the music just clicked with me. Incredible. Incredible. Wow. Look at the reach of hip hop. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I've spoken to a few people and they're like, you know, when you live it in the nineties, you can't really comprehend where it can go and where it is Man. right now is unbelievable. It's in every walk unbelievable. of life. And it's like, um, now it's being, um, it's, it's like the base of almost everything we're hearing. Like when you hear the biggest pop songs and the biggest R&B records and the biggest fucking even country at this point, you 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 start listening and, and it's like, wow, there's hip hop there, there, there. Like that shit is insane. The reach it has had just across the board. Why do you but think I, that is? Like, why do you think it it is so kind of attractive to all genres of music i think it's because of like the um the same thing that that makes you attracted to like gangster rap back then it's like uh it's so cool 
Like hip hop is just so, even if you're not in a rap, you know who Drake is because Drake is cool. Like you feel me? It's like, bro, he's just doing cool shit. So you're going to know Jay-Z is like, man, he's doing some cool shit. So naturally, I think it's just the cool thing. Like if there was no hip hop, what the fuck would you pay? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like what, <laughs> what kind of excites your world Um, when it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting thing. Like my world is consumed with hip hop, like just um culturally, my life is like, I grew up very hip hop. You know, like like that's been my entire life. <laughs> it, it's so I, I I never thought like what the fuck do people do when they're not into hip hop? Be honest, a lot of my friend, most of my friends are not into it, right? And growing up at school, I was like the the odd one out where I was like super into it, and all my friends were like, "What the fuck do you listen to?" And I'm like, "Just I feel like hip hop makes you normal. It makes you normal in the states. It made me very weird." In Australia, it made me like the odd one out, and they would be like, "Oh, we're gonna play music. Everyone except Burkos. We're not. No, 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 no. We know what you're gonna play." And I was, they were, they're playing like indie shit, and like, I, I just never got it. I don't know. There was no feeling to it to me. There was just nothing that like really attracted me. And you're right. It's more than just. It's like the soul, like the. Ugh, like man, bro, it's missing. It be it's not there. <laughs> it's also the characters in hip hop. Like I love the people. I love the stories. I love you know the interpersonal relationships they have with one another. Like I love that there are people who jump on features, and then you're versing each other. It's literally a battle of who has the better verse. What other genre of music do you have that in? It's none. <laughs> Right, none. And Man. then as a fan, I get to go, who had the better verse? And I get to argue with my other friends and be like, no, 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 his verse was better. He bodied that. The delivery was better. Or like this bar was better or whatever it is, like the flow was better. It, it gives you so much to talk about. Like, honestly. Man, isn't it beautiful when like there's multiple artists and they all did exceptional? Man, that'd be the best shit ever. <laughs> And then it's the opposite when there's one who just missed, like there's <laughs> six features on and then one missed and you're like, you had a rough day. That's a rough. Right. And then they still put it out. And then there's some who always miss. <laughs> <laughs> there's some who always miss too. That shit is hilarious. Right. You know, you know what it is? They got money. So they can buy features, right? And this is the interesting thing. Like, this is the industry shit. And I love finding out about in, in industry things. I'm obsessed with it all. So, like, but then if you've got the money, you can get the features. So you right. can get features like Method Man. You can get some features like King Crooked. You can get those artists that body every single fucking track. But right. then they expose you for what you don't have. And I'm like, sometimes... You need to stick at your level. Sometimes you're not ready to have a legend on your track. That's where money, bro, money, uh, money dilutes so much of the art because uh, without money, they're just like certain niggas that artists wouldn't work with. You know, like if they weren't getting paid, they wouldn't, you know, normally do that work. They wouldn't even see or hear the track. So it like 
it really dilutes the art sometimes. But it also sometimes it improves the art because you're able to get shit that is like, man, that would have never fucking happened. Like, bro, Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> Lil Nas X, like, you feel me? That shit is crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, do you think that a big challenge is like when you're coming up, it's hard to be like self-aware? That's what I feel like a lot of artists struggle with is like knowing where you're at in comparison to a lot of other artists. What do I mm-hmm. actually need to work on technically? Is it, you know, what I rap about? Is it the flow? Is it the cadence? Now, I, I just see a lot of rappers feel like it, they struggle to know where they're at and what they need to do to get to the next level. Right. Now, definitely. Um, yeah, and you could, you could hear it in the music. You know, I feel like you could, uh, you gotta like the music gives you a, a good glimpse of how self-aware someone is, you know, or just what kind of person. Like the music gives you a good glimpse. You can only, um, you can only, you know, say what you know, you know. And there's there's some artists that speak so, um, like you could, you just know. You're like, okay, he gets it, you know. So I, yeah, it's definitely plays a part but it's like it's not the music that they're it's them you know it's connected to the life (laughs) how did you stay kind of you know true to yourself i think it's a really hard journey to be on because you've been like i said you've been rapping for a long time and there comes a point in every person's career whether it be you know as an artist or anything else i know with the podcast for me is like you try to find the right persona in a way you, you try to experiment. You're like, you know what, this isn't working for me. Let me try something new. But how did you actually arrive to a point where like, I'm just going to stay true to myself. <laughs> um, it just became like the uh, easiest to write about. Like um, it became the easiest to write about. You feel me? Like it just, uh, it's so much harder to make a bunch of shit up. Like, it's very easy for me to talk about riding my bike or relationships and love or what my mom is doing at the house. Like, but it, it really happens. So, you know, it's been, it just becomes easier to write. And there got to a point where it's like, I just start writing raps and I was able to write songs in like five, 10 minutes because it was like, I'm literally just having a conversation the same way we speak. Like I rap, <laughs> you know, in the same manner that we speak. So it just was easier for me. Well, you know, it's weird because I know you said that I, I've heard you say before, like you're not a preacher, but in a weird way, you have that vibe. Like, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, and it's the clarity in which you speak. And I think that's, one of the strengths that you have, and I feel like I'm giving you a lot of strengths, but one of the strengths is, you know, when you actually spit a verse, you're extremely easy to understand. There's no kind of missing words. There's no, I'm not like, oh, let me rewind to hear that word again to make sure I'm on the same track. Like there is this really nice kind of cadence. It's not slow. It's not fast, but I can hear it all. And I think a lot of, artists and to be honest i would definitely struggle i struggle speaking sometimes too quickly is like you want them to hear every word because every word is important and i think you do that really well wow you want them to hear every word because every word is important yes yeah (laughs) no very much so yes 
Incredible. <laughs> Incredible work. <laughs> you got me. Well, you know, you can quote me from now on and be like, every word's important. Listen, that's the that's the goal. Every word is important, man. Oh shit, I'm on the phone. I was going I'm about to write that really quick. Hold on. No, go every write write it important. down. Incredible. You know, when I hear it in your next track and be like, you know, listen to the podcast because uh if I, I use that. it, you're gonna get a split for it, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing another book, and uh, I think this is going to land in that book. Hell yeah. Do you know, I've realized, and this is me trying to become self-aware, is like without planning to say things, I say way better things than when I think about planning things. It just comes out better. You have to. You know, I, I notice when I get like when I do interviews like we did earlier, like when we get on no one starts recording right away. They kind of give you the briefing before and it's like, bro, get into that shit. You feel me? Cause um, you, you got to get into a flow. You create like a very natural flow. It's hard to, you know, do this when, when it's structured, like art can't have that structure or those boxes or those guys. You just, you can't have them. <laughs> well, how is it going into radio shows? I've always wanted this experience because, you know, for us, you know, we're doing this online. You come on, we have like 30 seconds of chat and then I record. Like that's kind of how I like to roll because I like the discovery of like we're figuring each other out while the the listener is also seeing us figure each other out. Like, you know, we don't have a prior relationship where we're like great friends and we have in jokes. Right. So we're like, like it's it's such a collaborative work and that's why I love doing what I do. But like, how is it? on a radio show where like you got to rock up, you know, I'm sure they give you a briefing, you know, they're going to like, here's how much time we have. Like, how does that work? Man, for me, uh, we get straight to it. Like, like the breakfast club, we actually have a video on YouTube of the entire process. Like I walk in, rap <laughs> and, and leave, you know? So it's same with LA leakers. It was kind of like, me and Just Incredible have a relationship, but we went straight to the freestyle and, and kind of got into it. Um, yeah, Bullet Cav was like a bit longer. We kind of chilled and, and chopped it up a bit before. But yeah, uh, man, I like to get straight into it because I, I kind of in like that position where I like to feel someone out, you know, as I go, as I go. Because once I know you or once we've had the conversation, it's very hard for it to be organic after. Yeah. See, it's interesting. Do you think, like, do they like it when you just get in, get out? Like, for in a weird way, I'm sure they kind of want you to, like, you know, mull about a bit, you know, you know, chill before, chill after. Like, instead, of, like, I don't know. It's I, I don't. I wonder what their preference is. I don't think so, man. I, I think like everyone's working, you know. So I, I notice like different environments. Uh, man, everyone's kind of working. Like, like we all love what we do, but we all have like jobs and things to go do as well. So it's never, um, man, that time that we do spend in those moments is like, you know, that so much happened. Like when you create moments like we've done with Leakers and Breakfast Club together, it's like you don't need much time to grow that that bond, you know, because it's like, bro, this shit was crazy and we created it together. <laughs> Well, how did you feel, you know, straight away after LA Lakers? Because obviously it blew up, right? Everyone yeah. talked about it. How did you feel leaving? Like, did you have a feeling after you left? Was there kind of... Man, 
We knew before we got there. <laughs> we knew on the way there what was about to happen. No, it was um, it was everything we knew was good. You know, me and Justin are really good friends, and we knew like this was it's like, bro, we know when it's that time, it's gonna happen. So it was beautiful to see it manifest. You know, like we all believed, and I think that's the reason why it did because we were all in that same energy of like this is going to be historic. You know. Well, it feels like every every time you drop a freestyle, everyone's like, "What are you doing? Don't stop, keep going." Like, <laughs> I, I don't want you to stop. Like in the breakfast right. club, they were like, "Hold on, let's throw another one at you. Let's let's hear you do another one." Everyone was like, "You know, one's not enough. They want the encore." Yeah, man, a moment, <laughs> a moment, a moment, man. I um, I like being able to do like multiple things when I go places because it's like I really want to be able to showcase the range and different abilities so I was I was so happy that they were down to kind of do that how do you feel about artists who don't want to do freestyles because I know there are some who are like hey you know you'll hear it in my next project or you'll hear it on my single or whatever it might be but there are artists who are like no I don't do that shit live I think they're missing out on fun you know um I think like that's the that's the thing I've noticed within the game just lately. It's like niggas don't be having fun. Like, you know, it's like, bro, ugh, it's just very serious and, and nasty and great, man. It just be the fun be gone. Like, man, I want to see niggas dancing and smiling. You know, I'll be dancing and smiling. With it. And it's like you could make the different tones. But I don't know. The fun just seemed like it's missing. Everything seemed uh, very. uh Just. Oh no. <laughs> it doesn't feel real. You know, it feels like it's it feels like a performance. You think that's because there are now different interests involved? Like when you, you always you get to a certain point in your career and you're no longer, or for the most part, there are definitely certain artists who get to stay themselves, but it feels like there are also a number of them who don't get to be the person they were coming up. There's now brands there's now you know affiliations there's now okay we got to protect what we've built as opposed to let you do who you are and continue to let that happen <laughs> man i man i, I always uh, wonder if like this shit is like uh <laughs> i always wonder if this shit is like agenda based or if uh people are just really um <laughs> it's too deep to even elaborate at this point. Go for it. I can see the wheels turning. I can see them turning. Man. I, I feel like you're going to say something interesting. Whether we agree or not is different, but like, yeah, I'm interested to know what you're thinking. It, it feels, um, <laughs> everything just feels like a performance. That is the, uh, that's the simplest way I could put this without having to have a two-hour dissertation. <laughs> hey, man, you know, as I said, this is my show, so we get to do whatever we want. So you can make your point. We can move on. There's no real rules. We don't have to have a two-hour dissertation. But, I'm, but like, so do you feel like they, they're not genuine anymore? They they kind of lost what I don't, makes I don't them think any um, – man, I think it's genuine to who people are, but I <laughs> – I don't know if who people are is genuine to them, but 
the actions that they're doing is genuine to who they're portraying themselves to be. You know, I just always question how uh, how much of these people are actually them and how much it's like um, needing to feel big through ego or or even needing to feel big through um, through trauma, you know, needing to feel big through an agenda. Um, it's just very interesting to watch because uh, now I'm in a position as well where I do get to meet artists and meet producers and meet people. And that's a very interesting um, position to be in. <laughs> when, uh, you know, when you're as receptive as I am to just uh, life. Are you, are you surprised when you meet people? No, no, I'm actually not surprised at all. No, um, no. See, that I find interesting. I find it interesting that when you're starting to meet people, you can see that there's something bigger at play, but you're not surprised by that. So that I find really interesting because I think that would surprise me is like who, like, the different people that I meet, I'm like, who is more genuine than others? That would surprise me, I think. But why do you think you're not surprised by that? Man, <laughs> it's funny. I'd be hurt. I'd be like hurt about certain uh, situations and how certain people maneuver. But I don't be surprised. It's like a it's a very interesting state. Like. um, I'm let down. But uh, I'm not, it's not shocking. Like, you know, I don't expect anyone to be a certain way, but it's not shocking when you kind of find out. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting state to be in. And um, I be, uh, I just fucking overanalyze everything. So when I meet people, I'm like fucking <laughs> day to day to day to day to day to type shit. You feel me? Like my, I'm just constantly analyzing. So I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting space to be in. Like, um, I'm happy that I get to meet people that it's like, man, I want to know what this person is like. But it's also like, you know, you, um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you lose the, the, um, feeling. For yeah, you're seeing people. behind the curtain. You're seeing, you know, behind the show. You're seeing behind, you know, cause like for me as well as like, you know, I had this image of like what artists are like. And 99% of my interactions are awesome. But like, there's also times where I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is not necessarily what I expect. And it's, it's kind of, I kind of love it. And I kind of hate it. Cause like every artist I speak to, I'm like, you're just a person like me. And, 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 it, right. and it's like, you also have flaws. Like I look up to you and I'm inspired by you and I appreciate the things that you do, but I can also see, that you go through the same shit that I go through because I also overanalyze. And so like, you know, doing this especially is like I focus hard on like, you know, body language on, you know, where our eyes moving, even if there's nothing meant by it. It's like just that thing of like the wheels are always turning and I'm always trying to be like, are they enjoying this? Even if they are, it's like that little self doubt that you have in the back of your mind. That's, but it's, it just worked to just make sure that that doesn't control you and 
and force you to do something that you don't particularly want to do. That little that little self-doubt thing, man, it'll do you in. <laughs> that that could that could make or break everything sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, there are times where I'm like, and I've never said this to anybody, but like there are times where there's this like self-doubt where it's like, maybe I don't want them to show up today. And it's like this weird kind of because I do and I work hard and I make sure and I want to want them all to show up. But then I've done the work. I've booked them. We're organized. We're ready to go. And then there's like you wake up and you're like, what if they don't show? Maybe I don't have to pull myself out there again. Maybe I don't have to, you know, you know, take that risk. But it's like I want to do those things. and I don't know why my head is like maybe that maybe if they don't show up, then I just get to continue. And it's like, I don't want those thoughts, but they make me who I am. And they force you to like acknowledge those doubts. Man. Right. It's a very interesting thing. Like the, uh, man, the mind be heavy on self-sabotage. And it's so, it's so intriguing. (laughs) Like I, 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 I be wondering if everybody's like experiencing that same thing and like, why, like, why do we just choose self sabotage out of everything instead of like, self-reassurance or like you know self-care we choose self-sabotage like i'm choose the honey bun over sit-ups <laughs> and it's like why you know it's, it's a very interesting and and that times 50 decisions a day you know <laughs> yeah looking nuts it is it's really weird like i i wonder the same thing like why because I have the goal and I have the dream and I put in the work, but then like, I still have this weird part of me. That's like, Oh, you could fuck this up on purpose. <laughs> and it's like, but why oh, on purpose? Right? Oh like, man, the worst. And it's, and it's, it's like just so annoying. Cause it's like, those are thoughts I hate. And I could literally, I could like, I could say some inflammatory shit. I could stop the podcast. I could start doing random shit. But those are all the things I don't want to do because like I legitimately care about what I do. And, you know, you care about what you do, but you could go tomorrow and be like, nah, I'm done. I'd be heavy on the self-sabotage some days. (laughs) This could all end any day, you know, like that shit is, it's really crazy. Um, It's very interesting. It's very interesting. (laughs) Interesting space state. How do you push past it? Like, especially now, right? You know, as we said, you're, you're on the come up, people are talking about you, you know, people are recognizing what you bring to the table as an artist. And yet, you know, there's, you're, you're getting all this external validation, you know, for the first time on a mass level, right? Yet this self-sabotage in the background, like how do you maneuver it all? Because it's like the ego gets fed, but like, there's still a deeper part of you. That's like, I could stop this right now, man. I have this um I have this um fucking crazy uh deep feeling uh to just be like great <laughs> very hard to explain and it uh it kills me it, it, it like it motivates me to to be great but it also uh it beats me down when i'm not great 
You feel me? When I'm not able to show up and, and fulfill that feeling and, and abide by it. So, um, but I think that's what kind of keeps me rooted. Like I have this, um, it's just in me. <laughs> Check the x-ray bitches in me, you know, like it's just there. <laughs> and I, I don't even know how to explain it or what it is, but uh, man, bro, it's, it's been the driving factor to be able to just get up every day and go <laughs> and go like it takes a lot to post every day and to make something every day and create and show up every day like you got to really it's really got to be something in you like you just I can't fucking stop if I wanted to it just doesn't work that way <laughs> do you remember the first time you felt it or do you think you've always had it as like a kid do you remember that like I don't know is there a turning point for you where you were just like I know now what it is that I'm feeling. Man, I think um I think since a child I've always been kind of um guided. Guided. I always felt like a I knew where I was going. I may not have knew how I was going to get where I was going, but I knew where I was going. And that really allowed me to like um, just maneuver differently and make different decisions. Um, yeah, I, I can't pinpoint a time. I've always kind of felt um, very just kind of like in a um, man, it feels like I got to really just uh, watch my world from third person, like as a, a witness to it sometimes. <laughs> Very interesting uh, thing, but I don't know. I feel like I've just, it's always been like a deep knowing. <laughs> it, it like is, I knew all this shit was going to happen. Yeah, it is interesting because sometimes I feel like what you need to do is give yourself permission to believe it. Like, mm-hmm. like for me personally, like, hold on, bars. <laughs> oh, no. Shit, I should, I should maybe start ghostwriting, uh, for for people. Hey, man, do it. Why not? You know, you want to. Um, the goal is to leave this world empty. Hey, like, I know you, my. When you when you get there, you should be deflated. <laughs> It deflated. Nothing on me works. My hands don't work. My legs don't work. My eye, I used everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of agree. But I think, like I was saying, I think you've got to give yourself permission to believe in what you do, the feelings that you have. And I think that stops a lot of people. I know that stopped me in my life is like, I didn't give myself permission to believe in what I wanted to do. And it was like the you know, again, the self-sabotage, but the self-talk of like, what will others think of me? What if this doesn't work? What if I fail? What if, you know, I tell people I'm going to do it and then I try and it doesn't work. And then you, when you start, you realize there's no failing unless you quit. And, you know, it's the easiest thing ever. You just don't quit. That's it. And I, you know, and it's it's just so easy because you just come in and I work every day. And I make sure that I don't stop. And there, I reckon there are definitely people I know who, when I started, they're like, and I told them that I'm going to start interviewing rappers. 
And they're like, who the fuck are you going to interview? Because like you're in Australia, you're just some guy who likes it, but like, why would anyone talk to you? Here we are a hundred episodes later. uh, You know, I'm speaking to artists to me that are like, you know, at the A level of the game. So like, it's just, I didn't quit. And if anything, those people saying you can't do it. I'm a competitive person makes me want to do it way more. It's like, no, 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 fuck you. I know. (laughs) So it's so weird what drives us and motivates us. I need the doubt. As soon as too many people start complimenting me, I'm like, no, I need someone to be like, you got more work to do. Cause I need that driving yeah, factor. My dad, that's hella funny. <laughs> right, man. Job ain't done. Job yeah. ain't done. Job ain't done. Job ain't done. <laughs> Job ain't done. Yeah. Man, thanks for having me. I'm getting some gems out of here. <laughs> well, now you know you just gotta keep coming on the show. That's <laughs> this this the incentive for you. It's like we just I keep doing this. Come on it, or you yeah. got to come out here. <laughs> well, actually, funnily enough, I've been saying to my family, saying to my friends, I actually want to move to the states. Like that's a move in the next twelve months. That's something I want to do. I want to, right. you know, I want to get out of. I, I just want to get out of Melbourne. Like I've been here all my life, and I think I'm ready to just feel something new. You know, for the podcast, it would be amazing to see artists face to face, but also just just to have something different. And that's kind of what I'm working towards right now is like figure out, you know, how to make that move happen. Um, yeah. That's kind of on the, on the to-do list of like, all right, let's, let's do it in the next 12 months. Beautiful, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to bear witness. Well, it'll happen. It'll definitely happen. I'm now, I've now, now that I've made the decision, it's just getting everything in order and just making sure that, you know, don't, don't okay. quit. The universe going to take care of it. Do the work. Is there a different environment? Like, do you feel when you do shows in different states, you can feel the different vibes in each of the city? Yes. Only because I'm from the Bay. The energy is just different. Like, like, it's just different. Like we dance different. So, you know, when I play certain songs and you don't get the same reaction, it's like, oh, they're just not from the Bay. Like they, so it's, it's just, it's just a different, uh, a different type of energy, but still like still energy, still regulars and hype and all that shit. But it's just different than when you're like at home. But other than that, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, um, a show in Nebraska in June. So it's going to be interesting to see what that energy is like when, when we step out of there. But I, I would assume it's similar just because um, Instagram, you know, these people are from all over and they're all feeling, you know, the, the same uh, energy and moment. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think maybe you'll see it more internationally. It's like, what are your international fans like? What's the type of fan that you get because like you know i've been to eminem shows uh when he comes down here and i can see the type of australians that go to that show i'm like oh it's <laughs> interesting seeing the different types of australians that are coming to these shows wow. um but they usually tat it up they usually there like who have you seen out out in australia because i was only the bigger artists go to australia yeah 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Stormzy has come down a couple of times. Action Bronson's come down. Royce came down. Um, but then when Eminem came down one year, uh, Joe Cole opened for him and so did Kendrick. So I was wow. the show. It was crazy. That was like, it's like a hip hop festival is the only way I can describe it. It was literally. Wow. That's an insane lineup. Yeah. It was Action Bronson. Yeah. Kendrick, Cole, Eminem. It was no. crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've um, man, I want to see Eminem live. That'd be an interesting show. He, do you know, he is incredible live. He, I believe it. I mean, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> like whatever you think about him, he's a professional when it comes to his stage shows. I've seen Fifty Cent live. I think with Fifty, I was a little bit disappointed with his live show. He did it in an outdoor show, and I think sound wise, he didn't sound as crisp. As Eminem did, he was in an indoor venue the first time I saw him at Eddie. At, it was Eddie Had Stadium, and then he did it at the MCG, which is our biggest stadium. It holds 100,000 people, and he filled Jeez. it max. Like, it was the biggest show we've ever had. 100,000 fucking people. Yeah. You're I mean, kidding. they block off half the stage, but I think I think maybe 80,000, 75,000. people? Yeah, it can fit in the MCG, yeah. <sighs> What? <laughs> yeah, I think he was the first ever artist to sell it out, or definitely first rapper to ever was sell it out. First or Eminem. Eminem. Yeah, it was. Unreal. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he draws. He draws big in Australia. He really does. He gets some big crowds. Fifty Cent gets big crowds. I think everyone tends to how get big crowds. How does it get into you guys? How How do you find new music? Well, for me now, internet's the greatest thing ever. But like Spotify is actually really good at recommending new artists. But personally, I look for artists I know and then who are they working with? And then I follow like the connection between them. This producer, I love this sound. Who's the producer on this? Okay, awesome. They're the producer. Who did they work with? And then I'm following the connections. Okay, this artist is featuring here. That's a really good track. Let me deep dive deeper into their catalog who are they working with and so on and so forth how did you find me funnily enough someone i know mentioned you to me they were like wow. you gotta check out his literally and i was like okay i'm gonna go check it out and then like i followed you on instagram i listened to your stuff and i was like that's a good recommendation i there's <laughs> so, I, I cannot and it took me a while to figure out, you know, what it was about you that I was like, there's something good here. I didn't, I couldn't even put it into words myself. There was just a vibe about it. And I think now I can put it into words because I've listened to you and like, I see what you do and I see how appreciative you are of it all. Like there are people where they do well and they're not appreciative and it's a weird energy that I get back, but like, you don't have that energy. And I'm like, I see it. I kind of see why everyone has fun with you. I see why people want to have you on their shows and why people are like, they want you to do well. I think that's the cool thing is like everyone in the industry wants you to do well. Bad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's funny how like, um, that, that could be like the thing, but, the support isn't reflective of that. Like, if that was true and everyone in the industry did want to see 
a person do well, you'd get so much industry support. Just like off the rip, you know, which uh, I, I guess I get a lot of industry support, but there's also there's so many things that could be done that uh, doesn't get done. But you do get that uh, <laughs> difficult to explain, bro. Like everyone think- says they support you, but it's very minimal that people do, you know? I think there's a difference. Like, you know, I think a lot of people, they will look at you, they want you to do well, but they want you to earn it. They don't want it given to you. So they may hold back and they may be like, I actually want the Russell to do well, but I also want him to earn the stripes. So it's a bit of that. But then I also think there are others who are, I want him to do well, but I don't want to admit it. And I'm not going to help him because it may hurt my career or it may hurt things that I care about. So they may stay. So I think it's all of that is why you may not see the help that you get or may not see that many people, you know, reaching their hands out because I think a lot of them are like, I went through shit. So it's now you have to go through shit. Like you got to earn it. Like I had to earn it rather than let me help you and not go through the shit that I had to go through. Right. And that's the perspective, which is so funny to me, because that's like my perspective. Like, you know, the artists that come up behind me, I look at it like. I'm going to try to make this shit easier for you, you know, and I guess that could be a hindrance in some aspect, but I don't know. Some things uh, there's some things you really don't have to learn the hard way or have to like. I don't know, I guess it could be (laughs) it could be a bit of both, you know. I think industry things are one of the things that hip hop needs to get better at. There are a lot of artists who don't know anything about the industry. Like the music itself is super available. You can study it. You can learn. You can see what people are doing well. You know, the technique is discussed so much, but the industry itself, the business of making music, of, you know, distributing, of getting features, of paying people, of like, that's not really discussed. And I think that's the missing link of like a lot of people get stuck in a trap or in a deal that they shouldn't be in because that for whatever, and it's not fun to, to learn about like it's contracts. It's, you know, you sit in a boardroom. It's like, what is a 360 deal? You know, who do I have to pay? I'm talking about it. And I'm like, unless you're interested in it and like, it's pretty tough to just learn about. Are like you know I had to uh, man I got books on books and um I'm interested but it's still like you know it's like oh <laughs> you feel me like having to consider and it sucks just <laughs> you got to do all that just to have like a decent career <laughs> like if you really want to have a career where you know you um understand what's happening and you're aware and conscious of what's being done and how your things are being handled, you got to do a lot of fucking, you know, research and dive in it. It's a man, bro. That shit's crazy. Just to make art. (laughs) Yeah. Just to make art. Well, here's the thing though. You can make art, but if you want to get paid, you got to do it because (laughs) no one's giving it to you for free. So like anyone can create art. And I love the world right now that we live in because 
it's so available. You can make art so much faster than ever before. You can make art on your phone. You know, everyone has a mobile phone. Everyone has a computer or a tablet or like access to those things. You can actually do it. You can buy a mic for a hundred dollars and you can do it in your own house. It's accessible before, maybe not. Like you don't necessarily need a true studio. How do you feel about um, an abundance of music being released by an artist? Like, do you feel like there's a thing as an artist releasing too much music too fast? Yeah. And why? So I, I, I understand both ways. So I personally think if I'm a brand and I put in a lot of work, I want to see it, see its life cycle. I want to see how it does with my fans in one, two, three, four, five months. I want to see the evolution of it. I want to be able to figure it out and know, okay, what went well, what didn't go well. And I also want my fans, even if it does amazing, I want them to miss me. I want them to come back and be like, I cannot wait for you to drop another album. That's what, what I want to build, right? And again, this is my perception as a fan. Obviously, I do a podcast. I drop one a week. So, like, I don't do it because I just can't. If I did one podcast every six months, no one would listen to me. But, like, as an artist, <laughs> right? but as an artist, I think you've got a bit more scope. And I think it's different when you are doing well versus when you're on the come up. When you're on the come up, you're trying to figure out, okay, what sound is it? So maybe I'll drop more music because I want to see what fans gravitate towards. But I think there comes a point where less is more. You protect- what if you're always on the come up? Well, it's like Drake I, is no longer... Well, Kendrick is a great example. Like, you know, how many albums does he drop? What's his frequency? People are getting right? annoyed to so have to wait we, for so long. Would we be upset if we got like more frequent new Kendrick music? Only if it's not as good. Ah, right. Only if it's not as good. So that's the but challenge. If it's, fire, if it's fire, everyone's happy. But realistically, it's hard to create five albums in a year, all of the songs on the albums being really good. That's the, that's the true challenge. It is. And I know you dropped like six albums last year. <laughs> I know. So don't worry, I'm aware, but I'm just saying like to do that year after no, it, year it, after it, year. Right, right, right. Like you can make sure you nail one or two projects a year. You can guarantee it. <laughs> right, but when you're shooting 100 shots, it's very hard to guarantee you're going to make 100. You know you can make 10, you know. But I also think, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like um, if you can... You know, like I love certain artists that have uh, longer catalogs or that release more. All the music isn't always great, but if it if it if you can, it's a it's a win. I, I I be me and my pops are always discussing like you know is there a loss in dropping more music or 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 less music and how will people receive that? You know, as a fan, like are you excited that you're getting so much music or are you like? Ah, I hate this nigga. He's giving me too much music. You feel me? Well, like, is that a thing? Sometimes you don't have time to listen to it all. Like, mm. because like everyone, no one listens to just one artist. So they're following multiple artists, right? And they want to give every artist that they like a chance. So they right. may give you your first one, two, three. But if they don't see 
a real difference or a real, you know, success rate on those albums, then those next three, maybe they're not paying attention to as much. They may skim, they give it a go, but you may do yourself some damage. Whereas like, I always think you should, you should always be creating and you should always have those songs. But like, I know it's hard to, it's hard because you got to do yourself a favor as well. And it's like, if I make music and I never release it, what's the point? But it's, it's I don't know. There's no real right answer. It depends on the artist. Um, right. <laughs> Man, that it, it'd be crazy. Cause like some days it's, um, I'm like stuck in this scope of it of like, man, and it, and it makes me decide to do nothing. And it's like, when you get to that root of like, bro, there's no, there's no rule. <laughs> there's no nothing, you know, it, um, man, that's how I end up dropping, you know, fucking six albums at the end of last year. Cause it was like, bro, there's no rule there. There's no, and it's interesting. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with 12, you know, like I dropped six albums and no one has gotten tired of me. You know, I've only gained uh, more of it. Well, some people may have left, but it's like, you're a fan now, you know? And it's like, at what point did you come in? Like what, what album was I on when you found me? To be honest, it was probably late 2021. So mm. like you already had a catalog and what helped me was like, I can just pick and choose what I liked. So like I can go, all right, you've got a lot of music and I can go, what's my favorite part of the music that you drop? And I really loved eight pounds, two ounces. Like I really loved the sound on it. I loved just the, the, just the overall feeling to me that just hit like what I like. It was more like the traditional hip hop sound. Like yeah. I, it just connected with me, but it brought me in. Um, but I think, you know, it's difficult because I can't tell every artist to do the same thing, but, and then there are artists who only drop one project every two to three years and it's not enough. It honestly <laughs> is not enough. Right? It's like, bro, you gotta do right. Cause when I feel like when you operate in that space, if that shit's not great, ah, oh, you lost me. <laughs> well, it's not you only lost you lost you, but you lost six years because or four years. And it's like my last project, I was 20 years old. I wait another two years, I'm 22, and then it's another two years, that's four years, and you dropped one album. It's not frequent enough, especially when you're trying to build up. Like Kendrick can afford to do it now because of the success he's had in the past. So people are still, they're always going to look forward to it. But people like Jay Electronica, you know, he does amazing stuff, but everyone's like, why is it taking so long? I wish we had more of your music. So it kind of hurts him in the long run. I spoke to John Connor. He was signed to Dre for five years. They never released his album. Mm. And it hurt him long-term because it was too long. And I think there's a difference between an album and you still doing shit. So you can take more time to drop an album, but you better be featuring. You better be doing freestyles. You better be hustling in other ways. Right. I don't like when I see artists who are just like, I'm going to hide for two years and then drop an album because the world changes so much. You still need to retain relevance. It's again, it's a balancing act. It's like, there's no right or wrong way. And if it works for you, it works for you. I just personally, from what I would do is like, I'd want to give myself a little bit of time, whether it be two or three months to see how an album breathes before I drop the next. So it may not be 
six, it might be three albums I drop a year because I want to give it the time. But, you know, I'm just an observer. I look at the lifespan of like songs and projects as the lifespan of my career. You know, like um, I have the rest of my career to push Field Effect 1 and Field Effect 2 and never forget. And um, I've been looking at that shit like that now. And and especially because like with relevance, like a lot of I talk a, a lot about what I'm currently like experiencing. So I'd be having to get this shit out. Like I got a shit ton of music right now. And I'm almost mad that I can't drop it fast enough, you know, because it's like I have so many that it's like, well, we're not going to get to this one till December if we drop like this. And it's like, well. I don't feel like that in December though. Like it needs to come now. You know, this shit is fucking nuts. I would, I, I would drop an album every fucking day. Honestly, like it's, um, and, and I make it to that point eventually. And it's just going to be like some new shit. Like who knows? <laughs> I think that is probably the biggest challenge is the sound that you decide you want may not be there anymore. It may right. not be the sound that people, but I will say Timeless, you know. Yeah, timeless. good albums are good albums. That no, it's undeniable. You know, if it's a great project, it's a great project. Kendrick, well, I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but Kendrick seems to do that really well. Is he just finds a sound that works for him, and no matter the time, no matter what everybody else is doing, it seems to fit his mold. And you know, he hasn't. He's on a track run of like four albums in a row that have been back to back killers. He could, you know, when this drops, or it's probably going to drop by the time this podcast comes out, but like, you know, could be five, five or five. I'm excited for it, man. And um, that doesn't happen often. Like, I am not excited for music, you know, but Kendrick Cole and Drake still gets me like, ah, yeah, you know. You know, I, I've said on the show, but like, I, I struggle with Cole because his tonality for me is missing. Like that's the only thing. His voice is just not something that, for whatever reason, and I kind of I can't explain it. Everyone gets annoyed at me. All my friends, they're like, out of everyone, like why? And lyrically, he's so potent. But there's something to me about the voice that, like, I love like an interesting voice, and and I don't know. I can't even explain it. Like I recognize how good he is, but there's just something to me that's like, man, I wish I loved this more. I wish I liked this more. And it's not even anything he can control. It's like, I know it's good. Like, I know objectively I can tell, but am I going to actively and just listen to it in my own time? That's what I can't do. That's what I struggle with sometimes. Wow. But you love Rick and Drake, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've been obsessed with Good Kid Mad City for so long. Like, that album was just absolute fire. Um, And, like, Drake, he just... Drake doesn't do everything I like, but if you're reading this, it's too late. That got me really heavily on the Drake train. And Drake like, checks moral boxes. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that man is incredible. It doesn't even make sense at this point. Like, it really, um, I don't understand how you could do um, so much. Like, to, to me, he's the greatest just due to range. Like, bro. There's not too many artists who can give you just hold on, we're going home, hotline bling, fill away, and then give you nonstop. Like, bro, that shit is that's not I don't know bro. how he does it. 
because I hear hotline bling in the club. I don't want to dance my ass off, but then I hear energy and I'm like, oh, like, oh, got the, and I'm like, how, how do you go from one to the other? The grave and like, like he, he has no, ah, man, <laughs> this shit could go anywhere. Like he, uh, man, it is great greatness. You know, greatness is, is determined by, you know, doing a lot of things exceptional. <laughs> and what's even more impressive is like, he's Canadian too. We I sometimes forget about that. Canadian. <laughs> he's Canadian. Oh my God. He's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Did you see him the other day, by the way, there was a, a fan who messaged him saying he ain't shit or whatever. And then he was like, Hey, I'm gonna message your your wife. Right. I'm gonna yeah. DM your wife because like she she looks lonely or whatever the fuck he said. And then he followed her. He followed her on IG and DM'd her. And if I was him, I would be so worried right now. If there's anyone that could almost take any any girl in the world, it's him. <laughs> hey, that is hilarious, bro. He's 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 got it. He's got he checks all boxes, man. The the personality, the character, bro. Greatness, greatness, man. <laughs> Drake, here goes your flowers. <laughs> yeah, and you know, work with La Russell, and feel free to come on the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. You know. Come on. Shout out because we would love that. You know, I'd, you know, honestly, I'd take two minutes with Drake because then I would be like, I would post that shit everywhere. I would go crazy <laughs> with posting that shit. I would be like, I quit my job. I honestly, I've joked about this with like, like, cause I, I have a full-time job as well. Um, and so like I said, when I started, if I, no lie, if I get Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent or any one of those people, I'm quitting the next day. Like, I promise you I'm quitting. So, like, prepare because when that happens, it's all over. I'm not working anymore. I'm doing the podcast forever. So, like... You got me. I did. That's actually pretty bloody good. Like, um, yeah. It's a, I, yeah. I was, when I got you, I was like... <laughs> well, to be honest, it depends. It could pop off. I, I never know. Same as, like, any musician, I'm always one podcast away. Always, always, man, always. I kind of love that and hate that all at the same time. What's the hate about it? Well, you hate it because it's so close, but so far, and you never know. Man, it's always so close. Yeah. It's never so far. <laughs> it's always so close. That you should write. That's a good yep. one. It's always so close. Come on. Let's go. Do you ever feel like, you know, do you like when people are with you when you're writing or do you have to write on your own? Uh, I kind of, um, it doesn't matter much to me. Um, I don't like a bunch of people in the studio just because it's like, y'all don't need to be there. Y'all not doing anything. But um, I could I could write with people around. When I write, I kind of go into like a, um, like a fucking... I'm in a, I'm just in a different space. Like I'm not paying attention to anything else. <laughs> so yeah, I, I could, I could do either, but yeah, I prefer minimal, minimal amount of people around. I always find it interesting to hear the stories of the greats and they didn't write anything down. And I don't know how it was like, I spoke to Tracy Lee and he did a track with Biggie and he was like, I remember being in the studio with him and you would just talk to him like we're talking right now. And then you would start seeing him, this and he just like 
and he was like, oh, he's creating in his own head. And then he'd get in the booth and he'd just spit what he came up with in his own mind. And it was like he never wrote anything down because it diluted the feeling of what he wanted to have. And I'm just like, how the fuck did you come up with that in your head? Like That's so I was, Yeah. Writing for me, like, increases the feeling. Like, I'm able to, uh, when I write, it's like, I'm able to really express what I feel versus, you know how, like, when you're in the moment, sometimes you just say certain shit, and it's like, ah, I could have I could have said that better, <laughs> you know? Like, talking about? I never have that feeling as a, as a podcaster. I never have that feeling when I look back and I'm like, fuck, how could I have said that better? <laughs> right man and I, I feel like writing allows you to like um i hear a lot of music today where it's like you know like that like there's no right and there it depends on artists like jay-z does that but he still writes he just doesn't write it on paper but you're still writing but i hear a lot of music now where i could tell the artist is not right <laughs> it's like yeah you couldn't have fucking wrote this <laughs> you know so i think i think there's an art to like both of those writing kind of really allows you to craft like you know mold this thing but yeah that that shit is insane too just to be able to walk in there and fucking to say something poetic you know like it, it's one thing to walk in there and just rap but to walk in there and come out with juicy is like wow <laughs> well like give me the loot to me, I don't like the to be two different people to have a story crafted so well and not to have to write that down. Like, I don't understand. And, and the cadences and like, you know, just everything about, you know, just how we did it. Kicking the door is one of my favorite of all time for, for Biggie. And I'm just like, how? I don't understand. Like, you could give me 10 years and I don't think I could come up with something that good. Okay, 10 years is a long time. If I really tried my absolute hardest, maybe I could. But for him to be able to do it, actually, I want to take that back. I don't want people to think that I have the ability to like do it. Do, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But like, <laughs> but just, just imagining the process, imagining, you know, what he was like in the studio and just the process that he had. I, it's unbelievable to me. Man, I wish we had footage. <laughs> Imagine how many people would study it. Right. Right. Man. Crazy. But, <laughs> man, I think that's a great way to wrap this up. I only have one more question for you. And I said at the very beginning, you know, 100th episode, I don't plan anything on the podcast. I lied. I only planned one question at the end. Um, but I lied. <laughs> I lied. I'm sorry. I apologize. To be fair, I've done a hundred of these. So like, you know, I haven't really lied that much. Um, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, cannot be your own work, can be any genre of music, what would it be? Any genre of music, one album, doesn't have to be my own work. Can't be your own. Um. Tim's. Have you heard Tim's EP? No, I haven't. Oh my god, some of the greatest music I've ever heard. But if if I, I'm gonna say Lauren Hill Miss Education album. But Tim's shortly after that, and then Scissor Control, 
it's crazy. It's not uh not too many rap albums that 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 cut that list for me. If I'm like, bro, this is like you got to hear some music. Lauren Hill's Miseducation album for sure. I got to give a number one spot. Well, you know, we actually reviewed this podcast started as a review podcast. It was me and my two friends. We would just review hip hop albums. I think probably the first 15 episodes are just us reviewing albums. Three white guys from Australia going, I love it. Let's talk about it. And to when I started interviewing people, one of the albums we reviewed was the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And we did a top five of our five favorite tracks of the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And I keep telling people, it is so amazing what she did on that. And I'm so sad it's her only solo project, but like the artistry on it, the lyricism oh, and makes factor is one of the greatest songs ever. Ever. I was uh, explaining to an artist the other day how like um all the great artists just talk. They just speak. Like, like they don't, they never overdo anything. They don't like Lauren Hill was really just speaking her mind. And Andre, Jay-Z, like, you know, Drake got it, where it's like he's just having that conversation. And man, that album is like you're sitting in front of her, just kind of immersed in this in this world, bro. <laughs> it's also her ability to sing. Like she has such an amazing voice. And usually I don't like sing song hooks again like i'm a traditionalist sometimes but with her i was like this is amazing her voice it just carries lost ones as soon as that hook hits halfway through the song i'm like i'm obsessed with this now that's all i want to listen to i look forward to the hook almost more than anything else and it's just like she encapsulated what it was to be a woman what it was to be a mother what it was to be in the industry in a time where being those things was extremely difficult and not, and you didn't have the support we have now where we're like, we want, you know, more diversity. We want women to do well at that time. It was fucking impossible. Right. The the industry was beating her down. Yeah. I mean, she talks about obviously Wyclef and her relationship with him, uh, with the Fugees and like, it's just, Man. it's one of these albums. You def- Everyone has to listen to it. I agree. I definitely think that everyone needs to listen to it. And just to understand, you know, what she did for hip hop. She did such a good thing for hip hop. That album is like. Hip-hop. She's one of the greatest rappers to ever live. Like her, she is Tupac. <laughs> like, bro, it, it's, it's insane. The life and career she's had. Like she's um man, it's in her, you know, revolutionary by nature. <laughs> and she did it, and she did it without catering to, you know, what the rest of hip hop was doing. She found her own sound, her own lane, and so that's why it was so real and so good because it was who she was, and it was her being a woman. It wasn't her having to, you know, try and do the gangster shit that was being done at the time. It was really like. In her soul. Have you listened to Shantae? Nah. Oh, bruh. You gotta listen. You have she's on the good company page. Just type in Shantae Good Company on YouTube. And then go listen to her protection EP on like streaming. Oh my God. 
just I, I'm not words won't even do it justice. You know, just go check her out. <laughs> I will. Who knows? I'll have her on the show. We'll just do a good company whole whole kind of collaboration. Hip hop hustle, good company. We'll do it all. But yeah, I'll definitely make sure I check it out. Cause I mean, you know, I did want to touch on good company. They do obviously amazing work supporting artists and obviously fans can donate as well. You know, all non-for-profit. It's just a, a really great movement to help support artists and, and really put out great work. <laughs> hundred episodes. I can't believe it. La Russell was good enough to come through. Obviously, make sure you check him out. Um, he's everywhere on IG. He's on Spotify. He's on all your stream platforms. There's so many YouTube videos. As we said, six albums last year. You've already dropped an album this year. I'm excited to see what else is coming out from you, my, my man. It's a uh, man. The floodgates are about to open. <laughs> and the floodgates with- are about to open, man. Well, as I said, I appreciate it. I can't wait to see you continue to do well. Um, and I'm, I cannot wait to also do this in person because I feel like, I don't know, there's a, there's a good vibe from you. And it was, I don't know, I, as I said, we kind of figure each other out while we're doing the, the episode. And yeah, there's only, uh, only love coming from, from down under. Beautiful. I appreciate you, man. I'm super grateful. This was dope. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.